to the Rumpus Room. Hey everybody, how's it going out there? It's the boys from the Midwest back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room and let's hit them with the takeaway message of the day. Today's takeaway message of the day is sponsored by grandparents and parents all over the world. <laughs> so uh, I've been I've been kind of And we're not talking about just brown underwear. We're not, com. No, oh. that's sponsored by a different group of people. Oh. Um but today's message is on uh, increasing maturity and empowerment. And I, I got a couple good examples, but the easiest way that I've found in my life, and I've been reading a lot about this, is to take on more responsibility in your life. That's the quickest way to improve your empowerment of yourself and empowerment of other others. So for example, one thing that happened is I this week had I screwed up something. I made a made a judgment call and it was wrong. And I was kind of in this little freak out zone for a while. And I was like trying to figure out what to do. Then I called some people and then finally I just said to myself, I screwed up. Like and I kept saying it. I'm like, you know what, I just screwed up. And then I went, talked to my significant other, said like, Yeah, gosh, I just screwed up. And then there was just like kind of re- like massive relax feeling that I got of just like, it's okay. And what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. So I just accepted more responsibility for what I just did and then went and tried to fix it. And I found by communicating like, man, I screwed up because my initial reaction was not to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. It was to say like, oh, this was kind of a group effort and da da it's like really the decision I made impacted the situation and put it down the wrong way. So that was a really good example for me um, on just how I I felt more empowered to make my decisions. I moved quicker and then I solved the problem before it actually really got out, out of out of whack. And I was I felt extremely empowered and I had a much clearer head, but there was like a a, a time when I was really worked up about what I was going to do next. And it was just very emotional. And the life of an entrepreneurial is very, is very up and down. You know, there's a lot of highs and lows and to curb that high and low. I just, that really helped me emotionally control what was going on. Accepting responsibility. Mm -hmm. Just the accepting of the responsibility. And, um, that really has helped me. And I've looked back on the last kind of five years of my life and I can see kind of when I've taken on more responsibility in my life and not tried to shy away from things it's gotten much better like significantly better like I feel like I've made more moves before I started the company that I have now I always talked about doing something and it was like weekends you know kind of BSing with friends of like oh I got this great idea I think I can do a really good job I'm just such an awesome person and I it was all just talk mm-hmm. and it wasn't it had nothing to do with like this is what I've actually like I'm doing it now like taking responsibility for that yeah for that inclination towards whatever that thing is mm-hmm. like yeah. I kind of acted like I believed I could do it but I didn't actually do it so I really didn't believe in myself and I found looking back on those conversations I'd have with people, which usually was like, you know, a couple beers deep. You're like, Oh, I'm going to just, gosh, we're so awesome. You know, like this, like 
high-fiving each other of like god we're so cool just massive ego stroking mm-hmm. and it really had i mean it was just a waste of time it's not productive it was just a waste of time and so once i kind of accepted responsibility of like all right i'm not gonna do that anymore i'm not gonna sit and talk about oh my god this is a great idea i just came up with this great idea it's like no i'm just gonna go out and try to do these things sure and like try to act upon my hunches and then take responsibility over what I, what I say, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of that point that we've brought in or we've spoken about in the podcast in the past, which is the extreme ownership mm. sort yeah. of thing as a, uh, and a, it's interesting that you say mature because mature is such an interesting word. Um, I mean, uh, one could say that a wine matures. There's like sort of a, you know, a scotch or a whiskey matures. There's like a directionality of refinement, perhaps, yep. Yep. that it's. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also a lot of people who really are extremely afraid of so maturity. Afraid. Completely afraid. I was one of them. Well, at, at some in some varying degree, every person is afraid of their own oh, maturity sure. because it, Mm-hmm. is representative of one leaving behind your idea of what yourself used to be mm-hmm. and two moving into space of some unfamiliar territory three eventually getting more close to your own mortality for sure and i don't i'm sure there are other reasons too but some combination of that probably contributes to a lot of people being uh, having that adversion to maturity. Mm-hmm. And a lot, it's easy to do the same the same way. Yeah, it's and very it's easy. easy to do the exact same thing and to have the same plans. And you know, we always kind of pick on this of like, oh my god, remember in high school we did this? Sure, yeah. Revisit, but I think um, accepting responsibility and just moving forward has. You know, that's something that I've been trying to to like hold a little bit more closely to my heart. Like, can I do this more today? And like, what are ways that I can take my own responsibility, but also make sure I can allow that for people around me, like at the company to give them responsibility so they're empowered? Because mm-hmm. I think that's a dilemma that I've been reading about a lot. And I'm noticing this as my desire to control the situation in our business or in work to control the situation and like so because I know I can do the job and I don't want to get in the way of having the support of a team and so like with myself but also making sure that I can give other people the ability to have that empowerment that's been a big thing for me to kind of think about and so it's been obviously a, a big learning the last few weeks. And when you get time away, yeah, I think I come away with these kind of like revelations and sure. you get out and this last kind of break, uh, was kind of, you know, hit me a little harder than usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you have time to think. And that's yeah. what holidays really bring about in so many different regards. Uh, I just wrote an email about this last night, which was recognizing how interesting it is that, um, people who don't have places to go over the holidays are reminded of their isolation. Mm -hmm. People who do have places to go are reminded of the places that they have to go. (laughs) And, um, 
both of them bring about their own sort of um, internal struggles. And what I was thinking about is, is they're both the same sort of struggle. Inter- well, at least they, they they are different in the context of what the struggle is about, but I think they both are the same struggle, which is you're confronted with your situation. Like you're, you stare at your situation in the face. Yeah, there's no way to get around it by routine. Or what uh, would yeah. you mean by that? Um, so like you're... Anytime that there is something that has become somewhat obligatory or routine or habit, mm-hmm. you know, an integrate, uh, you know, a there is a cultural norm of people going and eating together for Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. If you say live in a new city and you just moved there and you can't afford to go home and whatever, you're probably going to feel extremely isolated if one of your friends doesn't say, "Hey, why don't you come over to my place?" or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're going to be staring at that isolation and then you're probably going to be faced with a bunch of doubt about the decisions that you made and all this stuff. And it's just going to sort of rock you, you know, for sure. Yeah. And then on the flip side, let's say you have this place to go and, you know, you go there and then you're confronted with that same reality of this is my reality. Mm -hmm. It comes with all of this in it call. It comes with all of these, um, signals and barbs and misinterpreted sort of like um statements and it's just messy it's just messy it's not clean it's not what you expect it doesn't go perfectly it ultimately ends up being totally okay and it's what makes up the context of life but that situation is an instance where the mirror is like right in front of you and you're like this is the reality of my life yeah and i think holiday holiday times really amp up our expectation of like a day. So it's not just a normal day. It's a special day. There's a tree in the corner. You know, there's like, there's a, there's a need to feel something different. And then you're faced with the reality of who is your family and what decisions are, have you made? You know, who do you surround yourself with? Mm -hmm. Who do you choose? Like, you know, those things, there's some things you can change and some things you can't. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're kind of shown some of these things on a little grander scale. And emotions are higher when you're hanging out with people that you've seen your entire life. Yeah. And, and so your those opportunities just become like, here is the mirror of life. Mm-hmm. And you're staring straight at it, whether you're on the isolated side or the, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the non-isolated side. And it, I just it just struck me as like really um, a, uh, a a period of reckoning in terms of I think that's why people struggle with the holidays so much is okay. like, here's your bullshit <laughs> either your bullshit for you being alone or your bullshit for you being with people. Yeah. There's I mean, really no way around. There's no like normal. No, you know, there's no way to, you can kind of coast through it, but it will always catch up with you. Yeah. You can coast through it. And, um, that was the substance of the email was like, um, you can coast through it or you can continue to look at the mirror in enough of a way that you learn what that opportunity had to teach you. 
So what, for for example, how did you like kind of get through the holiday week mm-hmm. or weekend? What were some things that you did or thought about or helped you get through that? Um, you know, it was, it's, it's honestly just something I'm really not ready to talk about yet. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, someday perhaps on the podcast, I'll be ready to, but I'm just working through it right now and it's not mm-hmm. in any sort of a sense that I want to, you know, want to share, but I do appreciate you inquiring. So mm-hmm. we'll tune in. Yeah. Tune in later on. Yeah. For that cliffhanger. Yeah. Well, or we can move, we'll recircle to it. We can move on to the next agenda because uh, the next agenda item, because I was watching, um, uh, Disney plus the mm-hmm. Mandalorian this, this previous weekend, I, I happened to catch up with some episodes and I would consider myself a star Wars fan mm-hmm. and I was sorely disappointed. I don't negative. I, negative. I have not spoken with anybody who's watched it actually. Mm-hmm. So I, I've gotten zero feedback and I expected it to be like sort of, well, you're, the problem is the expectation when George Lucas writes something or when the Disney writers write something. Mm. And it just was, it was basically the equivalent of joining the corniest elements of every single Disney movie you've ever seen into a Star Wars action flick. Like almost formulaic. Oh, but it it was it was it was it was the formula, but it was so obviously the formula because it wasn't their territory. Yeah, they didn't have the animators. They didn't have the uh. the softness. They didn't have it. It's in this sort of like gruesome and hard environment, and then you get like the Disney warm and fuzzy softness, and it just is horrible. It's mm. so bad, and I um, was grousing about it, and I. Just, uh, just my significant other always helps me realize that I, I don't think like the average person. And so maybe like it's going to be wildly popular and people in more of the middle of the road of, you know, sort of media consumption are going to think it's an outstanding and entertaining series, which it could very well be. But for me, it was just way too. We've never had, we've never been like right on with cultural successes. I don't think, you know, when, when growing up, we weren't watching or we didn't I, every movie that I say like, Oh my gosh, that's really good. Or like that sucked. A lot of times it comes out as like people really like it. Huh. So I feel like my taste is just different than what has been deemed as like these awesome movies. So we always watch, try to watch the winners of the Academy Awards. Oh, well that is and just, a lot of times that's a racket though. A lot of that's times I just, I'm like, I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. And so Growing up, we had a very specific, like we only watched a few shows. And I feel like yeah. a lot of people that I talked to either watched the same shows or watched just a f- like everybody had their kind of like home runs that they would go with mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. What are some of the ones that come up for you when we... Um, well, the original uh, Ninja Turtles would have to be number one on the list. So that is Ninja Turtles with the the real guys, um, Splinter mm-hmm. and um, Shredder, of course, and uh, the original sort of sewer rat green like 
you know, obviously Ninja they, Turtles. Were they they the, were, was that the real life characters? No, 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 were? no. Well, there was the real life movie. The real which life I don't movie, yeah, yeah. If you recall, but the, oh, the, oh, I do, yeah, yeah, which was oh, yeah. Uh, obnoxious costumes, just in general. But um, no, yeah. that um, there was a little bit of um, there was a little bit of Power Rangers. I recall that. Um, I know I watched a bit of Sesame Street growing up. Did you know the theory about Sesame Street as being elitist? Yeah, I've heard that. Theory. Isn't that wild? How so? Huh. What? What? What are just like some examples of that? Well, it was because um, Sesame Street was supposed to be educational, mm-hmm. and so um, they played it on public television on Channel Two. But like that, it was only something that. Um, more educated parents were aware of and made their children watch or introduce their kids into it. So it actually like was intended to level the school playing field in terms of bringing early age education to kids who didn't have access to it. Mm-hmm. And it further the, furthered the divide because it didn't break into those homes where it could have the greatest impact, yeah. which I thought was kind of interesting. And mm-hmm. unintended consequences overall, um, is just something that um, has been striking me lately, like sort of the um, introduction of the, um, let's say there's an overpopulation of beetles, so you bring in a bunch of these frogs that eat the beetles, and then you have too many beetles, you have too many frogs, then you bring in a bunch of birds, and you have too many, you know what I mean? And then they decimate the population, and then, it's a it's a biblical reference, I believe, or it's sort of an old um, uh, fable. But for some reason, that is like stuck out in my mind in multiple different instances about like unintended consequences of trying to do something. Mm-hmm. So I feel like effort in general is always just um, has a specific intention. Mm-hmm. And how often does that intention have unintended consequences? And I feel like usually the unintended consequences, the whiplash effect is actually stronger, which mm-hmm. is why I think that the rhetoric against somebody in general, mm-hmm. whether it be Trump or the the left, mm-hmm. it makes that entity stronger because it's a galvanizing force like Mm -hmm. it's the unintended consequences or some people they know it and they whip it up and that's and that's their game but i've i've just been thinking about like having the best intentions and having the unintended consequences be actually the thing that ends up being the overwhelming response as opposed to um what you are believing would be perhaps the most advantageous way forward for sure so i think would you qualify that as acting more virtuously or acting through more of, you know, instead of like in your intelligent mind Mm -hmm. trying to solve a problem, it's acting more from what are things telling me? What are, what am I kind of taking a a little bit of a step back? Totally. It Mm -hmm. is a response to immediate stimulus. Yep. And it is something that I have been acutely aware of as of recent, which is the succumbing to the acute response within you or allowing it to sink in and go a level deeper into, okay, what is happening right now is not 
really what the issue is. The, the issue is, and I mean, I just do it all the time. And so Tim Ferriss and um, Dr. Um, Atia talking about mm-hmm. this in the podcast uh, the other day. I don't know if you caught that episode no, yet. No, I, I didn't yet. It's, uh, it's worth a listen. But um, they were chatting about how um, this Dr. Atia gets really, really um, angry sometimes. And it's this childhood thing and whatever. And he was saying meditation doesn't actually um, make you less angry. It just gives you like more time before your anger sets in. So you have an ability to discern whether or not you are going to react from that anger mm-hmm. or if you're just going to let it pass. And I think because the reaction out of the anger is the, well, the unintended consequences are going to go rampant, Yeah, you know, versus the, I'm going to take a step back and not let my, I'm not going to throw my own bullshit right into it right away. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's super funny because I, well, not funny, but the timing's good because I've been reading <clears throat> a book on kind of executive presence and strategy. And what they talk a lot about is do not make the decision in the moment. You always give yourself some time and some space to take in what you're seeing. And usually your first response is loaded with all your bullshit. Basically Mm -hmm. it's loaded with your childhood history, your experience. And if you give it some space, which is a similar concept. And I, it's helped me make a lot of decisions because I, instead of trying to be quick with these decisions, it's when do I feel is the right moment to make the decision? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, an hour later, a day later and settling on it instead of, like you said, pushing and pushing this agenda through what is that space and time you can give yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I think meditation is a good way to, create that space another thing i've been trying to do is get outside more without my phone sure and go for a walk Mm -hmm. and just reward myself for giving myself you know 10 or 20 minutes of no stimulus Mm -hmm. from a device or from you know it doesn't even like the expectation of a phone call isn't there so i think that has given me good you know it's a good strategy for me to Mm -hmm. kind of step away and some people call it like a forest bath yep forest bathing has become a mm-hmm. a term people talk about now yes yep it's definitely the the hip thing but are there any other things that you've that have helped you kind of Calm. create that stillness or that space? yeah yeah it's it's definitely um having less so like i have this schedule where I'm I'm kind of on at all times from Monday to Thursday and into the morning of Friday where I'm 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 on I don't even have that space so I'm very much working but like when I don't have obligations if I'm purely being like well I'm just in the space as a human being I feel like I it's quite a bit easier for me so being surrounded by work, which is why I think like when I step away from, you were saying, you know, taking this time off, that's one of the reasons I like travel, extended time travel, because I feel like even if it's a weekend, I I haven't unwound until 
Sunday anyways. Mm. And then Sunday's over and it's kind of like, okay, now I have to wind the toy back up again, which I'm aware is not an ideal sort of way to live life, but it's currently what I'm doing and it's, you know, serving its purposes for whatever reason. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, um, time and space away is really big. Um, also periods of isolation, periods of me having freedom, even during the week like if i am on other people's schedules in terms of expectations which is why it's very challenging for me to go into an office where there's some sort of expectation about you know your conduct there or whatever it is because i show up at this time yeah yeah i just feel it's so um it's so sort of limiting and uh, it's just something that i've always kind of fought back against and so time and space to um, have that freedom makes it easier for me to have because like if I if I'm in that space where there's those expectations I already have my guard up mm-hmm. so then the first thing when somebody introduces me is guard itself mm-hmm. you know that's how I respond is with the guard itself which yep. is not ideal state mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. you know it's it's um it's uh it's a defense mechanism but mm-hmm. in my opinion it's become a necessary defense mechanism because of the environment that i'm in mm-hmm. you know whether that's real is probably my own figment of an imagination as well but you know there's some there's obviously some truth to it because we aren't squabbling around building fires half naked you know on the forest floor all of the time like you yeah. you know what i mean oh so. for sure and and i think too it it's the situation that you're in now. And so just dealing with it your best you can. That's kind of how I try to think. Cause there are moments where I am busy, so busy during the week that it's not a situation that I would want to be in. You know, I'm, I have all these expectations to do all these things and it's like, I don't want to do that. Or if I had a choice, I would probably be doing something. I'd be doing this a little differently. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times you have to do those things you don't want to do in order to get to the places that you want to get to. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you can't just sit on a beach and do Instagram pictures and be an influencer and I think have a satisfying life for me. Like I, I wouldn't find that satisfying. Unfortunately, like being in the trenches in the moment may be pissing me off and may feel a little oppressive. But once you get once I get through some of those times I find at the other end I was really glad that I had to go through all that stuff and yeah seeing the value in those experiences later on that has helped me get through because there's some times where you're just like when is this going to end like when is this hurt and when is this frustration going to end you know and then there's been times for me it's like oh it's over I'm done yeah, I'm through this and it's like no the next day it just like kicks you right back right back yeah like, totally oh you know and I think my journey and work has shown me there's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of perceived ups and downs of like oh man we made it we're here we can do it now and then it's like well no because the next level requires you to get back in and to just dig even more and and I'm finding that once I get in and, you know, like really do focused work and kick things out and 
respond to all those emails that I don't really want to respond to or, you know, that responsibility, the more you take that on, the better or the, the farther along you get. And maybe that's more mature. Maybe it's not. But I think that that's been something I'm trying to really identify is how do you get into the moment and keep working and moving and what's the appropriate balance? Like what's a balance yeah. that is acceptable for me? Mm-hmm. You know, and I've gone the wrong route of not enough responsibility and not enough balance. And that's also, you know, there's also stress in that because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm kind of not living up to my potential, my perceived p- potential now. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of stress in that. Yeah, and I, I've found that a really simple tool is that if you are asking the question, hmm. that's the answer, mm-hmm. you know. Should I continue this relationship? Should I um, hang out with that person? Should I be working here or doing this thing? Mm-hmm. And um, even if the answer isn't clear, if you continue to ask yourself that overwhelming response, I feel like... Mm-hmm. Um, is is usually not wrong, you know. Yeah, yeah. So when and it's a simple example is when people always ask me in mental health, like, oh, you know, I I don't know if what I'm doing is right. I I just I use this example all the time. My my friends are in school and all this stuff, and I just don't know if I'm living up to my potential. It's like, well then you know that you're not because you're asking the question. So you're obviously aware that you know, more. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, mm-hmm. and for some reason people just, I don't know if they're afraid of that or if it's just unclear. The fear of the potential. Or the well, fear of the well or even just knowing the answer of whatever that question is. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like deep down, um, each one of our journeys is so much more of our own life to walk than it is those of others, which is why I bring up the unintended consequences thing is because I see all of these unintended consequences of like the whiplash effect of, you know, here's my reaction to the situation, which is not me responding from a period of space and energy and attention to what is actually occurring this is a reaction to stimulus on the surface here's the whiplash effect Mm -hmm. um so in many ways it becomes we become worse you know i i I feel like i've been so so many times the a worse contribution to the to the situation as opposed to a solution because of like you said the CEO introducing his own bullshit into the situation before making a decision. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm back at this point of like, we know the direction of where we need to go. It's it's just, I think perhaps the others are there to provide the clarity or to provide the reinforcement as mm-hmm. opposed to the answer. And I guess I'm practicing because I'm speaking to the Mounds View parents tomorrow about mental health. So I'm trying to formulate some sort of message. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, and I think uh, it's a good time. That would be, an, it's going to be an interesting group to speak with. Yeah. Talk about that stuff with is, uh, it's a suburban town. Here. It is. Um, and I think, you know, from, 
so I've some of our customers are in the school system and mental health is such a huge part of I think just the young cha- young people's challenge today mm-hmm. that we and we've talked about this a ton on the podcast but that we haven't figured out and there's a lot a lot of just unintended consequences with you know the actions that we have or the expectations we set or the rewards that we give people all down they all do have consequences mm-hmm. down the line i think we talked a lot about how you know we got a ton of trophies when we grow we grew up now a lot of people expect a lot of trophies you know that's an unintended yeah. consequence of yep. you know oh man of people trying to do something and positively yeah and like oh i want to make you feel this way yeah and it ends up um, you know and nobody can ultimately say was it positive or negative because there's no way to know ultimately if it really did supply that confidence boost that you know young adults needed at that time um i just think that we are in a time period where um i don't know if anybody's talking about the whiplash effect Hmm. you know like it just doesn't seem to me and we've always had a, a culture that is afraid of talking about negativity in in mm. general. Oh, for sure, yeah. And that's ultimately like the unintended consequences of even well-meaning behavior because everybody can always talk about the unintended consequences of negativity fairly mm-hmm. freely. And then the unintended consequences of negativity are positive, actually, you know. Some of the times, yeah. You know, think about crime or whatever it is. It really brings people together. I mean, the unintended consequences of... 9-11 was that America was probably the most patriotic it's ever it's largely ever been I mean well, you think of like also tough love so like telling somebody honestly I've seen with my significant other when we have conversations of like you're behaving like this mm-hmm. I don't appreciate that with you can handle that conversation appropriately which we've talked about before mm-hmm. you really become closer with that person because yep. it's just a level of honesty and instead of being like, oh my gosh, I love you. You're the best person in the world. Da, da, da. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, what you did really hurt me. And then it like gets you to a level of, you know, trust that mm-hmm. I think is really honest. And like mm-hmm. that tough love thing. I like at, before I was a, so averse to it. Like I was afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Like telling somebody how actions hurt you is really difficult. Like that's really tough to tell your significant other like oh man when you do this it doesn't help me it hurts me mm-hmm. and like seeing that response on them you know is something i never wanted to do but i've seen my relationship get better with a lot of those conversations and of course like you know you got to create some space in between mm-hmm. these conversations but it's something that you really truly believe and care about that's something that i found in the long run, and this is like, a, we're talking about relationships over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I've seen positive benefits for that. And that's just something that, you know, I think about, we, I think about that a lot. It's like, when is the right conversation to have? And what is the, you know, what are the unintended consequences of all these discussions? Cause yeah. every conversation you have with somebody, there is an effect. Yep. And it can be, 
in the short term positive and long term negative in the short term negative long term but like thinking through that is something and I think they call it like second level or third level thinking hmm. I've heard of this before from other mental models is when you make a decision there's like the immediate impacts but then there's also these other layers of impacts that it'll it'll have on everybody else mm -hmm. like if you make a decision and work the system that you change you know you're going to change the email system but it's like that also has an on a consequence on everything else you do and so it's that second layer that you need to really think through in all the decisions you make conversations especially too it's like you know if you tell your friend that what they do is really pissing them off like well that's gonna also like what else is that gonna bring into the fray of like your bs and all this other stuff you know mm -hmm. it's just i like that as a uh, as a consulting question you know we're doing this what are the unintended consequences of this mm -hmm. yeah it'll get them to think that would be an interesting mm-hmm yeah that's a really good and we're gonna do this yeah and this is why okay mm -hmm. we understand why okay well those what are the those are the consequences that you desire yeah. or you're like we're pushing but what is something that you're it's and a better I, way of asking like what are you not thinking of yeah and people always i mean the the swat analysis is like a cheap way to mm -hmm. kind of get there but i do like the language of unintended consequences yeah Yep. because it opens kind of the imagination to like it's not your fault but there are things that will happen mm -hmm. so it's disarming yeah exactly it's not pointing um, a finger at somebody for something they didn't think about you know mm -hmm. it's a free space in terms of yeah. how do you decide to respond mm-hmm well, and you can take that in with you on Monday morning. Uh, <laughs> how do you decide to respond to your <laughs> underwear issues? Uh, if you have any issues with your underwear um, or any battles with the laundry hamper, I think Just Brown Underwear could help with some of that. So www.justbrownunderwear.com. That's all we got for you today, folks. Tune in next week when we'll be back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room.